Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Galatians chapter 2. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation, and, meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been given the task to preach to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars— gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles, and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles— But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, "'You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not a Jew. How is it, then?' that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified." But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body— I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Paul's missionary endeavors were primarily moving among Gentile nations. In every city that he would go to, he would try and locate initially in the Jewish synagogue, if there was one, 
and share the gospel with the Jewish people. Then he would share the gospel with the broader community, sometimes with the support of some of the Jewish community, sometimes without their support and uh, even their full-fledged opposition. But his primary ministry was to preach to the Gentiles. Paul was almost single-handedly responsible for the the broad spread of the gospel in the first century. He went from town to town relentlessly for many years in three or perhaps four different missionary journeys, covering much of the known world in his day. So in verse 1, he writes about uh, returning to Jerusalem and uh, letting the apostles, the leaders in Jerusalem, know what he had been preaching to the Gentiles. He says, After 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. This time with Barnabas, I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation, and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles, because I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. So Paul went and made himself accountable to the Jerusalem council. Uh, We know that James was there. Uh, The Lord's half-brother was presiding over this group, according to Acts chapter 15. Peter was there. John the apostle was there and numerous others. And so Paul went and gave an account of his ministry. And uh, he brought Titus with him along with Barnabas. So when he got there, there was this controversy about should the believers have to be circumcised? And um, Paul says that false believers had infiltrated the ranks of the church and tried to make them slaves to the law by insisting that they become uh, circumcised. But Paul didn't go along with this. And um, uh, he even went so far as to say that when Peter came to Antioch, which was the early church headquarters outside of Jerusalem, that he had to oppose him to his face because he was trying to uh, mix Judaism with the grace of God and allowing the Gentiles to come into the church. Paul writes in verse 11, when Cephas, that's Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, the Lord's half-brother, Peter used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. And so other Jews um, joined him. Paul refers to this as hypocrisy. He says that uh, even Barnabas was um, deceived in measure. So he opposed Peter in front of the whole group to his face. Now, imagine this. Peter is, um, uh, of course, the same Peter, one of the 12 that was the leader among the 12 uh, early disciples of Christ. And here Paul had to oppose him to his face because even Peter was confused about this idea of how Jewish did you have to be to receive the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, and be saved. And so the early church had to work through these things. And um, uh, Paul was one who stood from the outset with the truth that you're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, period. Not in addition to um, this statute and that statute and this requirement and circumcision and dietary observance and on and on and on. Uh, Paul referred to those who tried to keep those things as being under a false gospel. And so he was he was mystified by this, but he wanted to exclusively preach faith in Jesus, not faith in Judaism. And so in verse 16, Paul writes, we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. 
Now, in that one verse, 16, he says uh, the name Jesus twice, says the word Christ three times, and he says we are justified in Jesus Christ. We are found um, righteous before God, not according to the works of the law, but according to our faith in Christ. This was Paul's message. This was Paul's gospel, faith alone. And um, during the Reformation, Martin Luther was reading Romans, the book of Paul, uh, the book of Romans that Paul wrote, and about how we're justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ. That was the great hallmark revelation of the Reformation. Later, of course, um, uh, John Wesley would be hearing a message on Martin Luther's exposition of Romans and faith in Jesus Christ, and um, John Wesley would be saved by the same basic understanding that had brought Luther into the place of um, uh, being an instrument for reformation in the Catholic Church and beyond. So we put our faith in Jesus Christ, not in Judaism, not in uh, the works of Judaism. Judaism was intended to point to the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. It's still intended to point to the Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. But we're not justified by becoming more Jewish. We're justified by putting our trust in Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to say that we've been crucified with Christ. In verse 20, he writes, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Friends, that is an inexhaustible truth. It's all about what Jesus has done for us. It's nothing about what we've done for Jesus. Jesus paid it all for us in advance. He saved us. He called us. He redeemed us. He's given us a hope and a future. He was crucified for our sins, our iniquities, and our transgressions. And we live by faith in his righteousness, not in our own righteousness. We try to live righteous and holy lives before the Holy Son of God and before his Father and the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, we're not justified by those things. We're justified by Christ alone and our faith in him. And so, as he was crucified for our transgressions, we too were crucified for our transgressions in him. And we've been raised from the dead in him through the waters of baptism so that we no longer live, but Christ is living in us. Paul understood this great truth, and he went on to say, I do not set aside the grace of God, For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. You see, it's all about God's grace. It's all about the free gift of salvation found in Jesus Christ. And so maybe today, friend, you're like I am. I struggle with what I would call perfectionism. I can never measure up to the standard that I think I I should measure up to. I I set a pretty high bar for myself, and I never measure up. I'm always second-guessing myself, and I'm confessing to you a fault. This is not a good thing. But no one can be righteous before God through their own works. It's always through the finished work of the cross, through Jesus Christ. Yes, we try our best to live holy lives, but at the end of the day, it's by God's grace. Not obedience to a list of do's and don'ts, but by God's grace, by his free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. And so, my friend, if you have never received the free gift of salvation in Jesus, if you're one who stands condemned in your own eyes and by your own actions, it's time for you to receive the grace of God. I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, you pray that. Heavenly Father, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ 
I want to be raised from the dead with him so that no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.